This week on Ultra 64, we played the four Top Gear games, and oh my god, aren't we done with these yet? Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every son of a bitch in week, we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And we are getting stuck in more walls than I think I've ever gotten stuck in. My name is Steve Gunn. Hello, um, I'm Woody Siskowski. I am tired and unable to come up with a funny new game. <laughs> you know, this will be the first episode of Ultra 64 that I do half asleep. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, this will hardly be the first yeah, one well, that we've done. We've yeah, both, we've both been, I've, I've been definitely like drugged out on pain medication in true. the past. Like, so it's definitely happened before. Yeah. You can, you can probably sense the overwhelming excitement in our voices as we are, get the ready. The joys of command and conquer. Have we felt so much malaise. <laughs> oh my God. We just, we, I don't know. It, it's uh, There's nothing like a long day at work and then you come home and you're like, well, Time to play four games of Top Gear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a hard one to get excited about. Um, I think it's just one of those series, you know? And we, we, the Nintendo 64 is so, 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 so saturated with these racing games. We've done so many of them. But I think this is our last batch of, like... And I don't want to be too down on it, but like unremarkable racing well, games, like racing would, games that don't really have any kind of hook other right. than go fast. Not like not an obvious hook. They're not like, hey, your car has wings. Right. Hey, you get weapon. You know, you shoot shells and lasers at your opponent. They're just kind of like this car uh, loves you unconditionally. Yeah, like, that's a that's a gimmick I want to see. I want one you want car. Hey, you Pikachu crossed with roadsters. I want to be able to raise your car and like teach it to learn and to love, and then you take it on races and throw swear words in bubbles at it. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah, not a not an easy series to get excited about, but what we are excited about is the discussion questions that our listeners have sent in to help keep us entertained in between these games that have kind of a sparse amount of research to do. I'm also a little baffled. Like, you say that these games aren't much to get excited about, and that is true, but there are four games. Like, I consider yeah. myself someone who's seen a lot of video game cartridges. Like, yeah. just, just over time, I've just amassed them. I've just looked at them. I couldn't describe. I don't. I couldn't think of one Top Gear game for the Nintendo sixty four. Like I couldn't no. think of any of these covers. And there's four of them. Honestly, which is crazy. We just played them. I was just handling the cartridges, and the only one I can remember is Top Gear Overdrive because the car has teeth. Yeah, it looks like a shark. The others are just like, oh, this is a car. This is another car. This yeah. is uh, this this looks kind of like a motorcycle, but it's like mostly a sunset. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it was like there's very few franchises that have more than three games um, in we, them on the N64. We were figuring that out. So, like, Madden has the most with Right. Five. The sports games, I feel like, get a pass. Like, as they part from them, you know, the, the cash grab of doing it every year. Like, yeah. it, it makes sense for why those exist. And not even all the sports games get that many. Right. Like, it's the, the football games all have at least four. Yeah. The Turok games have four. And then the Top Gear games have four. <laughs> yeah. And, like, who the hell cares about Top Gear? Yeah, like, the Turok was having a moment and Top Gear was having a moment. It was apparently. the time of the tease. It was a thing. It was a thing. Well, let's talk a little bit about this Top Gear series because, yeah, as you can tell from the four games, this is a series and it predates the N64. It uh, predates humanity. From looking back... A ancient paleontologists <laughs> dug up cartridges of Top Gear. I would from, not... 
<laughs> like it's kind of the extreme version of the ET carts. We have to send yeah. it through a rift in time to get rid of them, like just to make sure they're not that bad. Um, but the Top Gear series, I think, well, this first one might have been. The but... first one might have been uh, the Top Gear games, from what I can tell, and like looking through research, they've got a bit of an identity crisis. Like they're not really consistent from one game to the next. Of like. What is the Top Gear brand? Like, well, we the really Top don't Gear know. brand that we know is this TV show. Yeah, this okay. British TV show where people like fix up their cars and make them all fancy, right? That's. I mean, I mean I've never seen. I, that I make it sound show. like it's a very like foppish show. Like, oh, bring in your rig. We're going to make it all fancy. <laughs> Oi, open your boot and your yeah. lorry, governor. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that show. From what I understand, it's pretty fun. But it is very like popular. It's, I'm saying, like, when you yeah. say Top Gear, that's what you associate with. And this series, nothing to do with that show. No, and I I looked into it, and, like, Top Gear, the show, like, it had kind of a resurgence in popularity in the Mm mid-2000s with, like, Jeremy Clarkson and those guys. Like, that's kind of the recognizable Top Gear today. But this show has been on since the 70s. Right. It was, like, a known brand for a long time. So, like... It is the thing you would first associate with Top Gear, like the. Name. It's just but so these are weird. not related to that at all, and it's so weird to just go for such a generic name that already. Like you'd think if you decide, oh, we want to make a series of racing games, yeah, you wouldn't choose something that already exists and not, yeah. not go with that branding unless it was yeah. like this amazing name and you know Top Gear, fine name. I've got but, a great uh, idea for a game I want to do. It's um, you run around, you've got okay. these laser packs, Sounds and you cool. fight ghosts. I like it. Uh, and it's going to be called Ghostbusters. What wow. do you think? It sounds great. I think it's fine. I, do you think people will confuse it with the popular film of the same name? No, I'm sure that it will be clear based on the entirely different premise that it's based upon. We'll use a different font. I think they're two words. Maybe we'll go three words. Or hi- you could hyphenate it. Ghostbuster. Yeah, oh, okay. I like it. I like it. Three words like that. I think this is a million billion dollar idea. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, no possible potential for lawsuits. And we'll get um, who's who's a modern equivalent of Bill Murray or Dan Aykroyd to be in it. Who is the modern equivalent of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I guess. For some reason, like the handsome I, version. I think I clicked on some sort of Ryan Reynolds article once yeah. on the internet, and now. Facebook just thinks I love Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> and so it just gives me all the Ryan Reynolds updates. And you know what? I don't really care about Ryan Reynolds. He's seems he's perfectly fine. Seems fine, <laughs> but, like, but I, I don't I don't need to know his comings and goings. No, no, I you know I wish him the best. I've yeah, got no problem exactly. with him, but I don't I don't need to know about his. It's gin. just it's that that's when your personal you know I'm I'm pretty lackluster with my personal data protection online. Sure, but that's when it really comes first and foremost. Hackers, when be you, aware. <laughs> yeah, when you're like, internet. I know that this is all coming from my search history because. There's no other way, like, because I don't like Ryan Reynolds. So, yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. only drawing from this pool of the most one time I clicked on an article. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 more very disturbing. <laughs> We're so wildly off topic, and that's uh, about the tenor for the episode. So <laughs> okay. just get so used get to ready, that, yeah. folks. Uh, but the Top Gear series debuted on the SNES in 1992. It was an extension slash kind of remix slash kind of port of a, an Amiga series called Lotus. Uh, the game featured the same engine and a lot of the same tracks, so... It's kind of your standard behind-the-back racer, uh, rated pretty much a solid B by every outlet at sure. the time. It's, it's your OutRun equivalent, your yeah. Super Nintendo OutRun knockoff. Yeah, yeah, and everyone agrees, it's like, this is fine, there's no reason to play it. <laughs> um, and, but for some reason, this series has really struck a chord in one particular place, that's Brazil. 
really the reason that we have a series of Top Gear and not just this one game and then nothing else is because it was popular enough in Brazil to warrant production on more. And I'm going to say it now. If you listen to this show and you live in Brazil or have been a gamer for a while and been in Brazil, um, write in and tell us about video games in Brazil because it seems like this whole different bizarre existence where like the Sega Master System is like the quintessential like nostalgia system that everyone knows about and like there's different games that were released in Brazil and like different consoles were really expensive anyway I'm just really curious to know about game history in Brazil and like was the N64 a thing in Brazil or I'm I'm always fascinated by like what things take off in what locations and why you know so like the master system, yeah, obviously we had a master system here, but like I ha- I've had very little exposure yeah. to it. Um, and, and like I don't have any nostalgia for it whatsoever. Nope. So like that would be interesting to hear. Uh, so Top Gear 2 followed in 1993 and then Top Gear 3000 appeared in 1995, all of them on the SNES. Uh, Top Gear 3000 is actually the only time they deviated from their standard driving sim in that it is a futuristic car combat racer. I think uh, that, which that sounds game more fun. Randomly has super scope compatibility. Oh, really? I don't quite know how that mechanic works, but I know when I look up games compatible with my Super Scope, because I want to play my Super Scope games. Yeah. I'm sick of playing Yoshi's Safari. I was going to say, so, I, I don't think I've ever successfully played a Super Scope game. Oh, you are missing yeah. out on a great time, my friend. I can't tell if very, you're being serious. Very small serious. side areas and slight headaches. Great. Perfect. Um, yeah, I sign love, me them, up. love them slight headaches. Yeah. Uh, no, I was definitely being sarcastic, but yeah, uh, yeah I see that's. Top Gear 3000 is on that list of compatible games. Well, after the series had its weirdly prolific run on the N64, there weren't very many uh, other stateside releases. Uh, Top Gear Daredevil was the last one to come out in the States. That came out on the PS2. Ben Affleck. (laughs) It is. Oh, specifically, this is kind of what we were talking about. It's Dare Space Devil. Oh, it's okay. not Daredevil like you would pronounce it. Like, oh my, that they're they're taking that. That uh, was uh, that was the original name of the Book of Job. Oh, book yeah. of the Book of Daredevil. <laughs> I bet you can't convert him to your side. Oh yeah, and yea, the Lord saith, neener neener. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the final game in the series was called Top Gear RPM Tuner. It only came out in the EU in two thousand four, and it's like a, a garage sim. You fix cars and then you race them. Like it okay. sounds. I mean whatever. that that seems like that sounds boring. Yeah, but that does sound like what this series kind of wants to be. Like that makes sense as your Top Gear branding. Yeah, and that would sort of be a hook for it of like you're really going to get in deep and you're really going to customize and you're going to wrench those engines and things like that and one of the games we played tonight kind of leans towards that yeah but not in a very fleshed out way not but really I feel like that's how this series could have differentiated but you could so. see like on a ps2 when you've got a little bit more robust graphics i would like yeah. to see like or like a pc game it would really work like sort of your football manager equivalent of or, like where most of the time is spent sort of going through menus and customization or even do things like in uh, Ready to Rumble last week where you mm-hmm. have like the training as a mini game, you know, yeah. all the like, auto repair could be like little different WarioWare style mini yes. games. That, I think that's, that'd be a that, fun That's a good idea. Um, yeah, but other than that, there have been a couple of handheld spinoffs, 10 games in the series in total, which is like a lot for a very mediocre yeah. kind of racing series. So uh, yeah, but we haven't seen it since 2004. I think the resurgence in popularity of the TV show and kind of their expe- like they've been expanding their brand uh, mm-hmm. so that it's now like a known quantity worldwide. There's probably so, like a legitimate fear like if they tried to bring Top Gear back the game series, they would be the target of legal action. Even the fonts look the same. Yeah. Like it was so confusing to me that these are not related in any way. The fonts look the same. I don't know. 
Uh, let's talk about our first game today, Top Gear Rally. Uh, this was released October 1997. I could not find an exact day on that. It was developed by Boss Game Studios and published by Midway, and this is an N64 exclusive. We have talked about Boss Game Studios a few times before. Uh, they are the studio behind the pretty bad Twisted Edge snowboarding yep. and the pretty good World Driver Championship. Um, okay. They were also, they're pretty prominent on the N64. Uh, we've still got one game of theirs coming up, Stunt Racer 64, and the company went under in 2002. Uh, so I've won. Not good at titling games. I not good at titling that. games. World Driver Championship. Yeah. You wouldn't know that's like such a good looking, like fun game. Yeah. Uh, so at one point, this game was shaping up a lot more interesting than what we got. So developers wanted to have the option to either play it as a straight racing game or like a Mario Kart style like okay. uh, action game with with goofy power ups and things like that. They wanted they wanted to kind of develop two different engines and like work it with both. And this game does have in like a championship sim mode and an arcade mode, but they, right. they don't go that they far, don't go like. that far with it. Yeah, it's uh, but they also don't just do like the squeaky shoes in NBA Jam or whatever. <laughs> Still one of the all-time great highlights of this show was the arcade mode in NBA Jam was the same game, just put in cartoony boing noises and the sound of, like, someone running fast. I just love to think somebody at the studio was just like, I did a good job today. Yeah, exactly. I'm going home. The fact that they put it in as a whole other mode instead of just a cheat code. I'm walking on air. That's one of those, it's nice to have, like, a little, you know, when you're feeling down, to have kind of just, like, a treasure chest of memories yeah, and yeah. things that you can think about that just kind of make you happy. Yeah. And those cartoon boing noises in NBA just Jam like, were one of them. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they yeah. are. Boing. Yeah, so they couldn't get this kind of dual idea to work, so they just kind of scrapped that and focused instead on building up the physics engine. I mean, for what it's worth, like, that's not a very good idea. Like, that's the kind of idea that seems like it might be good of like, oh, we have yeah. both of these modes, so we're really selling it. And, like, you, you can sort of play the same game for your different moods. But, like, the end result of that is neither mode is going to be as polished as it should be. And no. people own multiple games. So I they can switch to Mario Kart if they want something more. You should only game. hide, like, a kart racer on a game like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. Like, where, you know, it's it, it doesn't belong in a, a game like Yeah, like, no matter all. what the quality of it's going to be, you're still going to be like, oh, that's fun that they put that in. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas yeah. if they put it in here and it was terrible, you'd be like, well, that was a waste. It, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Which we're already kind of saying with this game. Sure. But, uh, yeah, so really the big innovation that they were hyping up for this game is a it seems very small but it's a, a realistic suspension engine like so that uh the suspensions and all the cars react with like the surfaces of the road and the weather conditions i, mean, I in a will realistic say way. like it was noticeable like yeah. we usually don't notice suspension in games and like your cars do look very bouncy yeah <laughs> like, yeah they do they do it, it, you could you could see that some effort went into that and, and very impressive like the weather effects here um also really affect the gameplay. This game is not fun to play. I no. Mean, spoiler alert. Um, but it was realistically less fun to play in the snow because we were going much slower. The control was much worse. And you're like, oh, this is like driving a shitty car in the snow. Yeah. Like, oh, no, they, they, it, really, it is, they really mimic that well. Like a lot of it games. It is totally what it felt like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll have these sort of weather modifiers and the game feels exactly the same. Yeah. Here, here it felt like, oh, that really does affect it. And, and not in necessarily great ways, but it no. does affect things. The other thing worth noting about this is this game was ported over to the PC under the title Boss Rally, and I only mention that because I want people to Google Boss Rally and tell me that's not the fakest looking cover art you've ever seen in your life. I'll let you get it. Go ahead and Google it. It's just called Boss Rally. It's like an orange box with like random cars stuck on it, and it just doesn't even look like 
it doesn't even look like early Photoshop. It just looks like fake. I don't know. So we'll we'll I'll vamp a little bit while you real time oh, Google wow, this. Oh wow, yeah, it, very very blurry and awkward looking. Yeah, and it just I don't know. It kind of looks like the orange box until you look at it closely, <laughs> and then it's like, oh wait, this is shitty. Yeah. So yeah, worth worth checking out if you've got your phone nearby. I mean, this is a this is just generally a very poor game. Like there's yeah. just really evidence that very little effort was put in here. Like the cars are colorful. I would say I would say that to describe the cars is that sure. they're colorful, but they they don't really have any sort of personality to them. Nothing is branded in in any of the, the the motorcycle game that we play at the end has a Honda license. Yes. Um and actually Top Gear Rally 2 had real cars as okay. well, but we weren't like super paying yeah, attention. Yeah, but to this that. one is not branded. The cars are just kind of tie-dye multicolor. So they're color yeah, they're colorful, but they don't look good. They don't have any character. The closest they're very I could, boxy. Yeah, the closest I could think of was Penny Racers. Right, which, which is like, has much smaller, one of my most hated of games. And they were intentionally yeah. like stylized in that game. This game it just kind of looks like it was poor a poorly built model. Yeah. Like they focus very much on the chassis and on the suspension and all that. That looks real. The rest of the th- car on it does not look real. Yeah, um, yeah I, you know you're kind of in trouble when the game that this is most closely associated with is Mildew Ravioli Circus, which is uh, everyone's favorite racing game. What? MRC. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I remember that that was a bit, is all the all the different names for MRC. It's a bit. Um, it's a bit. Yeah, but yeah, like the it, environments here, you're just... You're looking out, you're like, oh, look, there's not very much fog. And no. I agreed with you, except there was nothing to see. There was like a one windmill out in the distance and like two clouds. Oh, yeah. That windmill kept coming back. Yeah, it's like, repeating oh, oh windmill. look, there's a nice windmill. Oh, look, there's four more windmills yeah, that exactly. are doing the exact same thing. Yeah, there are not a whole lot to hang your hat on with this game. There's a championship mode, a time attack mode, arcade, and then a practice mode. So arcade just does the sort of cruising, uh, cruising, cruising, where um, they have gates that yeah. you have to go through, and it increases your time. Um, and they say checkpoint every time. And yeah. I don't know. It's it's not. I don't. I don't really like that mechanic ever. No, no, it, it's not that exciting. And then the championship mode isn't that much more exciting either. It's. I, I got stuck. I got stuck in a railing. Yeah, this to a was point the where first of multiple games. First of multiple times. That you got stuck in the wall and we had to restart the game. Yeah, could not figure it out. I, I, I got stuck like there was literally nothing I can do and we had to restart. Um, and I don't know. It just felt so stiff and slow and clunky and like... It's like, yeah, you could say, all right, good good for you, uh, weather physics, like, suspension physics. Like, I don't care about that. This well, is I not mean, drawing me in at that's all. That's the cool, like, a racing game, if it doesn't control right, everything else is irrelevant. There's just like, no, no other, no, no other point. genre. I mean, that's true of pretty much any type of game. But, like, an RPG, you can kind of get by with, like, a clunky interface or something like that. Even, like, a sort of slower paced platformer yeah um you can get by but something like this like control is everything and there's just the cars are so tight and like as soon as you start pushing too hard one way you just spin out and get stuck in walls yeah and the whole thing is just yeah th- this definitely crosses into realm of being actively unpleasant to play and this got pretty good reviews at the time because it is 1997 it's very early there aren't a lot of other racers to compare it to uh, but even the c- reviews at the time criticized this one for feeling slow. Like it feels very slow compared to most racing games. Um, it's just not pleasant. It's not fun. It's not remarkable in any way. Um, and I really have nothing else to say about yeah, this one. Being as we got so many, we're going to cruise through, through these yeah. and I'm actually more excited to get to our first discussion question. This one comes to us from our friend Elliot J O'Neill, 
He says, wow, you guys must be bored of Vroom Vroom cars by now. <laughs> well, yes. Very true. What vehicles would you like to see in racing games that aren't cars? So I thought this was a good question. That is a great question. Uh, do you want to go first? Oh, he, I, I thought you meant like timely to the political climate of the day. No, like timely because we're talking about racing games. Yeah. Um, I think I might have talked about this when we played Scars, but I would really like to see probably like a Donkey Kong branded game mm-hmm. where you just race on different animals. Like, oh, I like there's that. like the rhino or the ostrich. Um, and they, you know, so your different animals kind of have different styles of racing and different powers to go through. So it's basically like a cart racer, but you've done different kinds of animals. There was like a Donkey Kong game like that, right? But you were like on jetpacks. It was like a... I don't know this game. Oh, it's like a Wii game. And you have to like wiggle your your two controls to like kind of charge your engine. But I think it is like just I rocket I honestly ships. have no idea the game you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I'll try and look it up. Yeah, there was like a Donkey Kong racing game that kind of came and went for the Wii. Um, but you don't, I don't think you get to do the animal thing. I like the animal idea, especially because you've got that great roster of animals. Yeah. Like, and you could do swordfish levels and then transition to a parrot level, like, yep. like oh, yeah. Donkey Kong racing. Yeah, it's true. There are, well, and there's multiple levels in the Donkey Kong games where you like would switch animals in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, and so that would be a cool effect too. That would be fun. That would be fun. Um, I, I always liked the idea and like, they've tried this a few times and it never works, but I like the idea of a, uh, vehicle racing game. Like the the only example I could think of is like Sonic R, oh, yeah. where you're like racing on your feet. But like a foot race game, like if you're going really goofy and over the top with it, could be pretty entertaining. And okay, like, that would be fun. I've played some like sort of racing platformers. Um, yeah, two that I can think of: Runbo and um, a game called Speedrunners. Oh right, um, which isn't are, like Bit Trip kind of similar to that? Well, really? I, that that's just an endless runner. I think you play it one player. Like I don't oh, think right, that right. it's. Um, but those aren't really. Yeah, those are like racing games with a 2D platform. You're just thinking of like behind the back, these guys are running really fast. Exactly. Like the Yeah, I, I, I feel like that idea. I feel like there was another attempt at this at some point in like the PS2 era, and I'm blanking it on the It could be very, very goofy because it, you yeah. could have your guys doing that cartoony run with their legs spinning, like a Kung Fu Hustle branded game. I, exactly, um, yeah. And you're actually really... like picking up. Well, it's like Road Rash, but you're not on bikes. Yeah. You're just running and whacking people with bats and stuff. Yeah, I, I think li- that I could like be that fun. Idea. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, the other one I was going to say is that, like, there was, uh, we talked a bit on the Patreon episode about canceled games. There was a game planned for the N64 called Wild Waters, which was a kayak racing game, which sounded fun to me. And that's maybe just because I grew up in a rafting town. But, like, you know, like, that's a, I don't know. That sounds like a fun idea. Yeah. There's not not quite enough, uh, not quite enough boat racing games out there. Not enough. I think we'll we'll whet our appetite a little bit when we get to Hydro Thunder. Absolutely, but. yeah. We will have more to say then. Thank you, Elliot, for the question. That was very fun. Let's move on to our next game today, Top Gear Overdrive. This was released November twenty third, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, it's preceded. It's followed uh, following Top Gear Bachman and Top Gear Turner. <laughs> um, really good series. Um, it was developed by Snowblind Studios and published by Chemco. It is an N64 exclusive. So this is the very first game ever for Snowblind Studios. Uh, you might know that name. They're based out of Washington, and they did two Top Gear games before striking it big with a game called Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, which mm-hmm. was... That's a that's a D&D thing, right? Yes, Baldur's yeah. Gate is based on D&D, and that, that particular thing it would be like a spinoff, because Baldur's Gate was, you know, I think originally like a D&D system or a D&D world, and then it spun off into a PC, PC adventure games, yeah. RPGs. And then Dark Alliance is kind of like they're taking that world and style, but putting a more sort of Diablo, 
hack and slash yeah. uh, simplicity to it. And th- this was a console exclusive, right. while the other Baldur's Gate games. Well, were because PC those exclusive. games were very much designed for like PC style Western RPGs. Yeah, this one's more. Uh, I always compare it to like the the Lord of the Rings movie games that yeah. EA did, which were which are good. Like, yeah, which are fun. They, they are good, but they are very like simplistic. Yes, yeah, exactly. And so uh, Baldur's Gate was followed up by the couple of sequels for the Champions of Norath series. And so they kind of spun that into a fairly popular RPG brand for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got big enough that the company was acquired by Warner Brothers in 2009. And eventually their staff was folded into their subsidiary Monolith Productions, mm-hmm. which you might know for recently producing the excellent Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor and its sequel, which I have not played. But Yeah, so it sounds really like, good. I mean, based on that, it's sort of their specialty would be sort of integrating these RPG mechanics into a more action game style. Yeah. Not that that would come through in Overdrive here at all. Yeah, but. Overdrive, is a, it's a dry run. This is their very first game ever. Um, so while the last game was going for some semblance, a uh, little bit more semblance of realism, this one is, uh, is an arcade version. It's much looser. Yeah. It's goofier. Your car can explode. You have nitrous boosts, things like that. Uh, it's got wackier settings and looser physics. It's really going for more of a cruising feel, I yep, think. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the car on the box has teeth. I think that's that, that's something I just can't quite get past. And the, the, uh, well, one you, of the, I mean, it's a paint job. Like the car, it's not like scars where it's like a shark. Oh car. no! Oh no! No no! Just, no! It is real teeth. It's not a paint job. It's like a car that has teeth. Wait, I'll show really? you. The, okay. Yeah, I'll show. I'll show you it again. But like, it, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's not a paint job. But this doesn't appear in the game. Yeah, that's like, very misleading, then. It's very misleading. Um, and so this game was kind of sold on the notion of cheating. Like, okay. that's kind of the idea. It's saying that, like, if you're so not you winning, like go in, go you in can and cheat. tamper with your opponent's cars before the race? Or I like, mean, that would be more fun, kind of like, like in Among Us style. Like bet them to, like, take a fall and, like, ra- or, like, bribe the... Yeah. <laughs> It'd be weird to like bribe the uh, referees at like a car race and like have someone finishes and the refs like oh, I didn't I didn't see it I didn't Look, see nothing yeah someone yeah. else finished first I was blinking at the time yeah, so it didn't count yeah so like their their emphasis on cheating really just means uh, knocking your opponent off the road like you can bump into them and knock them off the road and that's which you can do in every race you can do that in every this race is not an game. innovation like no that it's. Like, I thought, okay, cool. Do I get, like, weapons? Do I get, like, weird, goofy power-ups? No, you just you just bump into people. You knock them off the track. That's about it. And, I mean, that that can exist as, like, a cool thing. Like, Burnout is always a series that I bring up. But, like, yeah. that's a good example of something that is built on some foundation of realism. Like, yeah. it's obviously super goofy, but you don't have weapons or anything. But, like, slamming dudes into the wall is super satisfying. It is. And it works really well. And so, like, that is a major mechanic but like here, even though that was sort of part of the hype, it doesn't come through in the gameplay at all. No, it's really not important. And this is the second game in a row where I got stuck in a wall. Yeah. Uh, I got stuck on a couple of uh, like uh, road signs and then like stuck in between those and uh, uh, mountain. And you just kind of laughed me a couple times until yeah, you I'm finished like, the race. Right, we got to finish a race here. I'm just Steve. like, I got to make it count. You I'm just good you chill just, here. Yeah, you just sit on that divider and play. Where, radio. Where's the button to read a magazine while waiting for AAA? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, twice. That's not a good uh, track record for uh, Top Gear so far. If I'm getting stuck in two games in a row. No, and that yeah, that's definitely a ding against it. I didn't. I never got stuck on these things. Um, but. Yeah, anytime you're playing a first race and you have to exit because you can't finish, it's not bode well for the programming of the game. No, it's a problem. It's a problem. But 
like I said, like the Top Gear series has an identity crisis because this feels like a very different experience than the first one around. I mean, I would say it feels much better. Um, oh, yeah, it feels no, it, different. I mean, the first game was terrible. This yeah. game feels much more competent and much more fun. It is. Um, we initially played it in the two-player mode here. Um, I think this game had up to four players. Yeah, it was up to four. Um, and that was fine. Like it did, it did run a lot smoother. It played, uh, played cleanly. But then we moved into one player, and that really was a market improvement. Like the graphics had a night much nicer sheen to yeah. them. The speed and frame rate was a lot better. You said they advertised this as one of the fastest racing game on N sixty four. That's what they were calling which, it. Which I think F zero was out well, at this point. But even if you're not talking about yeah. like car, like spaceships, like I feel like other games were faster. Yeah, but than it this, did. Right? I mean, like Roadsters maybe felt a little faster. But like this did feel in the one player mode. It felt pretty good. It, it pretty fast, a- and it was satisfying when you used a nitro. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was like. Yeah, this one's not bad. It's it's uh, generally kind of unremarkable. Um, pretty bare bones gameplay wise. Like you can play championship mode with one to four players. Or you could do quick races in versus mode. There are only five tracks to choose from here, or uh, I quoted from the manual: five insane tracks mm-hmm. situated in extreme North American locales. So this includes a mountain, canyon, bayou, city, and tropics, and you can unlock a sixth track that takes place in the most extreme North American location there is, outer space. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and there are ten different cars to choose from. None of them are name brand. Uh, we only had access to two of them on our car. All of these games, it seems to be one of the few uh, recurring themes of the Top Gear series, is they don't give you very much at the start of the game. No. You have, like, one or two cars to choose from and, like, two tracks to choose from. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, doesn't give us a good idea of the breadth here. But again, I guess we should also, I didn't, we didn't really mention it with the last game, but a big emphasis on all of these games is in customization and in like tweaking your stats and like swapping out different parts on your car. Sort of. So if you're into that, like it's here, it's not as in-depth as it is in the other games, but you can boost your stats by winning races and spending money on your car. It's something you can do if you, uh, if you get really into it. Um, all in all, I think I wish this went wackier. I think it, I wish it went sillier or like kind of pick the lane a little bit like yeah. what's here is solid enough it's it's fine like i'm not gonna remember this or differentiate it from any of the other games right after like a week i'm not gonna this isn't gonna stand out to me but like i i enjoyed it well enough while i was playing yeah it. and i feel like the heart of that might i feel like what i've learned is tracks are where racing games get wacky yeah and mm-hmm. like that sort of you don't really acknowledge like how important tracks are to yeah. the racing game like if, if your racing game controls well like good you've accomplished it now you need to focus on making interesting tracks and this one like the only sort of interesting things that do is that a lot of times the tracks will sort of veer off in multiple directions robert frost style yeah yeah, um, yeah. i always wonder about the uh the the fork i didn't take yeah you know? exactly yeah. and this game finally will will teach you that yeah because um, yeah. you go through multiple laps like on another recurring theme of all these Laps all feel too long. You're definitely sick of it by the end. I did get a uh, shortcut the second time around. I actually ran over Robert Frost. Oh. Weirdly, like uh, I felt bad about it. You but, should. I mean, he was on this path. He was an, he's that was a national less treasure. Taken. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Frosty. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's how he likes to go. Who's <laughs> Frosty the Pole Man? I was asked about this, and I said no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have anything else about Top Gear Overdrive? Overdrive? No, I mean it yeah. felt like a significant improvement. But just to give yeah. you an idea of like how sleepy I felt during was playing these games, you put in this. You're like, okay, we're done with this first one, and you put in this Overdrive game, and we were halfway through it before I realized, oh, we're playing a different game now, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, oh wait, this is something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's they're they're not exciting. 
Uh, but this next question is exciting. This comes from Jono and Rainey. Uh, we've had questions from them before. Hope you all are doing well. The question is, what is your favorite Nintendo 64 music? Ooh. That's a big question. It's a, big, a question. big question. There's a lot of really good ones. I mean, are there? I feel like there's four. I feel like there's, you know, like there, there are some hidden gems. And I'm going to go off of, so my Mine's gut. is going to be super bland. So you My gut that. answer is a super bland one, uh, which is Ocarina of Time. Okay. Um, but I, I. Let's just let's just assume that's number one, and I'm going to pick something right. different. Just good. For, uh, I'm excited to hear something different because I went through and I revisited the soundtrack to this, and uh, I'm, I'm going to stand by Rayman Two. Oh, I think interesting. There's a really nice variety of music in here. It's kind of understated while still being memorable. It's got some kind of Tim Burtony vibes, which I think matches the game mm-hmm. really well. And you get a lot of like variety in genre, which is not something you get in a lot of other games. Most games are just kind of picking one style of music then just going with it this one like you get a little kind of disco-y levels and then you get kind of moody operatic levels and then like kind of low-key like skulky music and it, it's a it's a really nice soundtrack on rayman 2 okay so i'll toss that one yeah out there. that's a great pick um mine is uh banjo kazooie yeah which i i feel like the, the very great thing about banjo kazooie is it's one of the few soundtracks where you could hear a track from it that you don't necessarily recognize but due to sort of the, it has such a distinct style that you'd be like, oh, that's from Banjo Kazooie or Banjo Tooie, probably, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because like, there's such recurring motifs and sort of instruments in all of those tracks. Yeah. That they like, it's so amazing the way they can sort of match the level, but then they all fit as like part of this bigger whole. Like I, I, I definitely wanted to get a Kirk Hope soundtrack in there somewhere because mm-hmm. he's got so many memorable ones. I almost went with. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. See, I don't remember one piece of music from. Oh, Conquer's and see, Bad what Fur for Day. me, it's an earworm. Like, and that's why I kind of went against it. Is like, am I remembering this because it's really good, or just because it gets stuck in my head? Okay. It's like. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, I, yeah. now I'm remembering yeah. it. And then but, you know they also have the great uh, singing poo song. Sure. You know, so. But yeah, I don't know. Like Banjo Kazooie, like it always. It always feels joyful to me. Like they do kind of get stuck in your head, but yeah. like I never find them irritating. No, no. I think they, they strike a nice balance on those games. Absolutely. Thank you for the question, John Owen Rainey. Uh, let's move on to our next game Top Gear Rally 2. Uh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> developed by, or released December 3rd, 1999, developed by Sapphire and published by Chemco. And this is also an N64 exclusive. The company was the same uh, company that wrote Push, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're actually N64 MVPs. Uh, in addition to this game, we have talked about them previously on Xena, Rampage World Tour, Cyber Tiger, Bio Freaks, and Rainbow Six. One well, of those, oh, one of those is kind of pretty good. Yeah, exactly. A lot of them are in the very sort of mediocre area. Yeah, and of course, the one we were talking about is Bio Freaks, everyone's favorite. Yeah, game. exactly. Oh, yeah, that's our favorite N64. Oh, definitely. Far, far and away. So despite being the only directly numbered sequel in the series, this game basically throws out the entire first game and starts from scratch. <laughs> As well it should, because that uh, game was garbage. This one, first of all, like actually feels like a rally game, where the first one was just a racing game. Like we talked about rally games uh, several months ago. <laughs> you know, the difference being <laughs> it's like... lifetimes. It's you have like, an announcer. Yeah, you have a guy, like, yeah, you have somebody giving you directions. It's one person at a time on the track, and you just compare times, and it tends to be more dangerous, like off-road tracks. Yeah. Um, and that's what we get here. Like they really pay close attention to that element of it. 
We also get a completely revamped physics engine, totally improved graphics. Uh, it eliminates most, most of the arcade elements in favor of like a straight sim. They really expand on the simulation elements. There's a lot uh, to tweak with, like if you're really into this, that kind of like customization. This might be the most feature-rich racing game we've played on the system. Of straight like, racers? Yeah, I think so. I like, think so. There's a, there's a bunch... There's a bunch here. Like, there's a very in-depth championship mode. Um, the, and there's there, like a driving school that kind of reminded yeah. me of uh, Crazy Taxi, but like more straightforward, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like each so each level here that's kind of the gimmick is as you're racing, your different parts of your car will sort of take damage and wear down. Yeah, and, this is so weird. Yeah, like this game. Again, I, I do say it's feature-rich as a compliment, but in many ways, it, it's kind of confusing and sometimes detracts from the experience. Uh, it, like, the image I kept getting as I was playing this, I'm like, this feels like a racing game version of Battlezone. Sure. Which was like... yeah. Like, it kept showing all this shit on your screen, and you're not entirely sure what to do with any of it. Like, there are all these little indicators along the bottom of your screen while you're racing, showing all the different parts of your car yeah, and like their your status. Engine, your shocks, your wheels. It is absurdly easy to blow out your tires. And if you blow out your tires, you have to press pause, go to change tires, and then wait a few seconds while this little animation comes in. Your car, Your tires get pulled off and put new ones on. And if you start damaging your car, it starts making this annoying clicking noise that does not go away. (laughs) Uh, The only thing you can fix on the fly are your tires. Everything else, you just have to wait until you finish Finish the the race. race. And then once you finally finish the race, it brings you into this sort of repair truck mode, which is just a series of menus. But, like, there's a lot of pop-ups here that are trying... Like, this game does a good job of, like, showing you lots of tutorials of how the different mechanics work. But you're just like... Make sure that you repair any broken parts. Broken parts are shown in red. Yeah. So you just go down the menu and select the broken parts that have like this red circle Mr. Yuck sign through them. Yeah. And you you spend the credits to repair them. But there's no I don't it's weird because there's no sense of like there's a strategy to this. Because no. it's just like if a thing is broken, you fix it. Yeah. But it's like I'm not gonna ch- I, I didn't like see if I had a limited supply. They said that it cost me credits to repair, but I couldn't even see where my credits were. Um, yeah, it, it, like the interface here is looks nice and clean, but there's just a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of numbers sort of everywhere. It's yeah, it's kind of like when you play um, a hockey game or like a basketball game with full penalties on, mm. and you're just like each time you're like, I get that this is simulating something, but it is not making it any more fun. No, it's no. just sort of getting in the way of me playing the game. It's it, like this would be a a hard recommend if you're really really into racing. Like if you're really into the in depth physics of racing, like I would say absolutely go nuts on yes. this one because uh, this is going to speak your language better than any other game on the N sixty four. Yeah, I think. I think I think that's true. Like, and I think this game plays well enough that it doesn't get in the way of itself. Like it's not unpleasant to play. I found no, this was one of the, I actually got first, like the first you, time I played this game, you weirdly excelled never, at this never one. happens when we play these racing games. I think, I think it's revenge for me beating you on the boxing games okay. last week. You had, you, you definitely like topped me on all of these games. So yeah, like uh, it, it felt your controls felt smooth. Um, you sort of had a nice, rather than having to press the brake, you could just sort of let up on the accelerator to curve around corners. Um, I yeah, I found that this game played well. It looks nice. Yeah, doesn't you know? It doesn't look amazing. No, but, uh, no. 
and just all of these sort of different modes. There's this championship mode with that driving school, multiple legs to each sort of course, and you can even go through that championship mode and a team mode. So you can you basically can. play co-op uh, two-player. And the other big feature that this game was boasting about, and I don't think it's as extensive, like it, this got a sticker on the front of the box saying like, it, this game has a, a randomized track generator. Yeah. Uh, which they make it seem like the, uh, the, the, the copy on the actual box said that like, never race the same track twice. So it kind of made it sound like all of the tracks were randomly generated. Which you were trying to persuade me, and I was not having it. I'm like, that would be crazy. That would be, yeah, it would be. Yeah. And like, But that's just kind of what they were telling us. And, and then we dug into it a little bit. And there is a mode. It's like... Well, you, you just go to the versus mode. You go to versus mode, When you're select selecting random. the tracks, one of your options is random. And you can select like random farm track. I'm assuming yeah. as you get more, you can be like a random mountain track, random swamp track. Yeah, it's like they give you kind of a tools and like generally what it's going to look like and then you just randomize. You just basically there. select the length and the landscape. And like this, we, we played on these random farm tracks. If you had been playing like, and I sort of walked in, like I wouldn't have any idea that it was randomly generated. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a compliment. Like it looks very smooth. There was a couple parts where it sort of veered off one direction and then if you went straight, just hit the wall. That was, was weird. Okay, weird. it's like if you're following the curve of the track, then you should be going straight, and there's like uh, kind of little pennant flags like yeah. hanging up over the road, which like, all right, it's a pennant flag. I'll go through it. You can't go through it. No. These are invincible <laughs> strings. Yeah, they're pennant <laughs> flags made of animantium. <laughs> there's no way. It's going to knock your car right back. So you're supposed to take the little like small kind of hidden side road and I think that was just kind of a glitch of the randomization. Yeah, like, I mean, they, that, they is, that is going to be a cost of the randomization. But that that is like a super cool idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, we, you know, what we talked about a little bit at the start of this is um, the idea of a racing game that sort of tries to do everything. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's never really a good idea because you're always going to do something worse. This yeah. game does feel like a racing game that tries to do a lot. Yeah. Like, there's no goofy arcade mode here. But there is a lot of just general modes and in-depth gameplay. Like, if you were in a situation where you were really excited about racing games and you could only own one of them, yeah, this would be, like, a good one to own. Because if, you could get a lot yeah. of gameplay out of it. If, if you're real into that level of customization, this, uh, again, falls squarely in the camp of not for me. Yeah. Like, uh, this is not something I would uh, willingly play again. But, like... Again, for people who are into that level of customization, absolutely. Go nuts. Yeah, I think yeah. that this is a neat Talk one to be too. aware of, that it it sort of exists on the system and is um, able to accomplish that, Where because it's so easy to just forget about all these games' existence. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on to our next question. This one comes from Elliot Kasanke, and it says, What lesser-known game in the N64 catalog would make a good movie adaptation, and what is your pitch? And he followed it up with the hashtag... Space Station Silicon Valley is the next Star Wars. All one okay. word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a movie pitch for a lesser-known N64 game. Do you have one? Sure. Yeah. Um, my pitch is um, this is either going to be uh, directed by Luke Besson mm -hmm. or Alejandro Jodorowsky. Great. Um, it's Space Circus, uh, Starshot. <laughs> um, because when you, like... It's going to be like kind of a Fifth Element style, uh, weird Euro, Euro sci-fi movie. Great. Um, the Incal, that type of thing. Um, and it's like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's just the kind of thing where just people are hanging out and like there's just a bunch of weird alien designs and it's really colorful. Um, and I feel like there's just not a lot of space circus movies. Yeah. It, it seems like an untapped... Uh, I'm 
department. I'm thinking of Space Jam and about, that's it. Yeah, and yeah. really, they and don't spend very much park. time in the space circus. Though. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, if you're splitting hairs, yeah, <laughs> which they were trying to do by <laughs> capturing and killing Bugs Bunny. That's true. Uh, my pitch, uh, I would like to do a goofy buddy comedy based off of Bassmasters 2000. Okay. I'm thinking uh, two guys, two kind of like friendly, jovial goofball rednecks are trying to launch their own cable fishing show when they come across some kind of magical lake cryptid, and then they decide that this is going to be their way of uh, uh, achieving fame and glory, and they spend the rest of the movie hunting this Loch Ness Monster-style cryptid. I'm thinking um, Danny McBride, Seth Rogen kind of area sure. for the two leads. I want to get Walton Goggins in there as a crazy like uh, local man who lives in a shack. Okay. And the dream would be a cameo appearance by Joe Pesci and Danny Glover reprising their roles from the 1997 classic comedy Gone Fishing. Obviously. Okay. Obviously. Well, you've really thought this one through much more in depth than I have of oh, no, Space that, Circus. Uh, Paramount but, uh, is thinking about it. They're thinking okay. about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I also, I do think that the name Bassmaster 2000, like, would be a very funny name for a movie to come out oh, I would, now. I would keep it yeah. at 2000, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah completely. And I think, I feel like those guys would get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you for that question, Elliot. That one's fun. I, I, I want to see both of these. Also, since you brought up Starshot, did you see that that's getting an HD remake on Steam? Somebody posted that on my Twitter. That's about to, I think it, was, it might be out. It's, it's got so a, weird. That's the randomest game to get like revisited. I'm like, sure that it just had the cheapest possible license of like oh. it was just floating out there and someone's like, yeah, I'll, I'll spend the $50 to license that game. Came free with a Daffy Duck game, you yeah. know, like something like that. All right, let's move on to our last game of the day. Top Gear Hyperbike. That's right. We are getting rid of two of those wheels. <laughs> uh, this was released March 27, 2000. Developed once again by Snowblind Studios and published by Chemco. And again, this is an N64 exclusive. Uh, this had one of the thinnest uh, Wikipedia pages I've ever seen. And the giant bomb page just said no info. <laughs> There's really not a lot about this game. They boast of a whopping six tracks and three gameplay modes. Uh, there's also a track editor, which is uh, functional, but nowhere really near as deep as Excitebike. Um, and there's, yeah, one of the, one of the Wikipedia th uh, items listed. Uh, let's see, I have it quoted down. Sound effects were recorded in a real motorcycle dealership. <laughs> Okay, so I don't, know if I, I don't know how they found a motorcycle dealership. Like, that's crazy. I don't know if that came through in the game. Like, I, I don't know if I would have noticed that. I'm like, hey, you know, these sounds have a certain timbre <laughs> of a real motorcycle dealership. Is that, does that, I, I think I could hear the echoes like bouncing off the coffee machine. Yeah, exactly. Weird. I, I think a Hell's Angels just came in and set down his German style <laughs> helmet in there. They had to go uh, get stopped by the water cooler. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the the information, the lack of information kind of had me less than excited about this, but this might be the one I enjoyed the most out of the four that we wow. played today. I, I'm surprised. Um, because, like I said, there's not a whole lot to it, but what's here is solid. Like, uh, it's it's basically your standard, like, motorcycle racing game. I, I, see, I, I, I disagree. Like, I, I agree that this game was fun. Yeah. But I think that it, it's kind of a trick of a motorcycle racing game. Like, when I think of a motorcycle racing game, I think of, like, the Jeremy McGrath game, mm -hmm. which was boring, yeah. but also felt like it was very specific to, like, what motorcycle racing is. Like, you're sort of going over a bunch of humps and bumps. Yeah. Um, and you're making sort of sharp turns and getting your legs down and reorganizing the things. and all that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Whereas here, this basically felt like a kart racer where you just 
we're on a motorcycle. Sure. <laughs> which, which is fine, which is more fun, but to me doesn't sort of feel like what a motorcycle racing game is about. Right. Yeah, totally. I totally. guess Excite Bike has just kind of colored my water of what that is. And it could be, but it, I, and it, this could just be a case of like my expectations were so low, there was no way it wasn't going to you know, sure. supplant it. Like, But... You know, I, I liked what was here. Like, the, the bikes feel fast and responsive. They do. They do feel very fast. And, like, it doesn't look like a remarkable game in any way, but, like, it's... It looks it's, like it looks it's, bad. It's functional, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of brown, you know. It's something you got to get around, but yeah. not a lot of draw distance, at least. So there was that. fun um, on the Celtic coast. There's a big rainbow that goes by. There is, I like yeah, I did like that. imagine that there was a little leprechaun under it. Oh, I imagine yeah. there was. I imagine there was, yeah. I, hopefully, he could grant my wish to not have to play Top Gear games. Yeah. What was the, um, what was the game that... Was it the first or the second one that had a licensed band doing the music oh that was overdrive yeah overdrive had a licensed band called grindstone which i tried to look up i couldn't find anything yeah. about them but you, you some of these sometimes like bands are licensed to do these music and you have a f- idea that it was just like the developer's cousins like garage band sure and he's like hey can i you got any gigs for me he's like yeah you could do the music for this game i'm working on yeah but, yeah, yeah, something like that. Like it, it was, it, it wasn't very interesting music. Like to begin, it wasn't going to stand out. It was kind of like generic, like late '90s butt yeah. rock, you know. Uh, but sorry, I, I, that that I reverted us to a previous time. Now we have to no. talk about all the other games again. Okay, starting <laughs> over. Top Gear Rally Two. Down no, here, no. um, but Hyperbike had a trick mode which I enjoyed. Uh, it was a little clunky because. You have to, in order to do a hop, you have to press Z and A at the same time. Well, because A is accelerate, so you A's always need to be holding A. Yeah. Like, the re, you know, it's kind of like trying to be a knockoff of a Tony Hawk or something. So really, like, what you want to be doing is just, like, holding Z and then letting it go to jump. Right, which well, that's the problem, because most there. trick-oriented things don't have an acceleration button. Like, a snowboarding game, you're just always going down the hill, so you can hold A to crouch and then jump. Yeah. Or Tony Hawk, you just naturally will sort of skate forward. But here, your hands sort of get all twisted around, and I kept trying to release A to jump, and then I would just sort of stop. Yeah, and, yeah. But I did enjoy, like, the trick mode was nice, and it actually showed you how to do each trick. Yeah, but nice they, big graphics on screen. Like They were harder to do than they should have been. I mean, I think that's just generally what any of these extreme sports games learned, is mm-hmm. make the tricks easy. Like, an SSX kind of took that to an extreme of, like, just just hold this button and spin, and it'll yeah, look great. It will, but, yeah, yeah, and it's it's a lot more fun that way. Like, I think this is kind of aping the 1080 style more than that, which yeah. is, like, much more involved. But, like, I, I do wish the track or the tricks um, meant something. Yeah. Like, they, they, don't, they don't give you any kind of I point bonus or, like... That's how this game could have stood out. Like, this game already feels kind of soft and bouncy like yeah. your your motorcycles don't feel very hefty no um and they do feel like they go very fast and so i think there and there's also nitros on the course that you can pick up get boosts um and i think this game would have really benefited from being goofy like you said for overdrive yeah i think if this this is almost a game that could have weapons or if you do tricks and got like a boost from doing the tricks and just like much goofier i think that actually would be a real hole that the n64 could have used filled yeah, yeah, um, 100%. Like a goofy motorcycle racing game. Yeah, like, yeah, at this point, it just kind of needs to... It, it's same with Overdrive. It kind of just needs to pick a lane, like, decide which one you're going to go with. Are you going to go goofy arcade all the way? Or are you going to go kind of straight sim? Uh, and I think... Uh, Again, it just all comes back to this series crisis of identity. Like, you know, why would they randomly throw out a Top Gear motorcycle game out of nowhere? You know, yeah. it, there's no real consistent branding here. And I think this one suffers from that. It's kind of in this nebulous, like, in-between place where it's like, it's not a bad game. It's just... 
there's nothing particularly special about it. It's just a tremendous lack of personality here. Like the racers don't even have names. They're yeah. just like different colors and a different style helmet. Like this one is also Honda branded, so like they actually have real motorcycles in there. Yeah, but you, you just yeah, there's no personality here. It does feel like a very poor man's version of Excite Bike 64. Yeah. Which is not a game that I loved, but like has much more polish and much more game heat than this one. Yeah. But this one does feel sort of a little it has a sloppier charm to it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Yeah, it's it's got that. I mean, I will say two player uh, really doesn't hold up graphically. Oh, yeah. It gets very very muddy and blurry and like just not very much fun to play That's multiplayer. A good point. But I enjoyed the goofy little bits of uh single player racing that I did here. Uh, again, none of these are going to be ranked very high. I'm going to spoil that right <laughs> now. All of these are just kind of middle-of-the-road sort of games. Um, well, before we go on to our rankings, we have one last question from listeners. This comes from our friend Scott Berger. Nice. He says, what game from the past 10 years would you like to demake for the N64? Um, so I'll take this one first. I think you went first last time. Yeah, so like, fine. I feel like this, this took me a while to think of one because I feel like so many of my favorite games of this last decade are open-world you know, yeah. it just kind of happened to go that way. Could like a nightmare on the N64. Right. We've seen it with Body Harvest. It cannot <laughs> handle that kind of open world, even as a demake. So the the pick I went with was really kind of left field. It's a game called Catherine for the PS3, yeah, which is game. a uh, kind of a puzzle platforming game. And it's very dialogue heavy, but I think it, it all takes place. Like all the dialogue scenes kind of take place in one location. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be too difficult to render. And uh, one thing that the N64 is very good at is rendering blocks. Yeah. You spend most of your game climbing up blocks. Yeah, totally. Like, I feel like it would, I mean, you might struggle a little bit with getting your characters to climb up the blocks fast enough, but... Uh, you know that Catherine is just like a remake of the game Cubert, but it's a Cubert who fucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was their slogan. <laughs> Catherine, this Cubert fucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a weird game. Yeah, uh, but it's game. an enjoyable game. I don't know. So that's kind of where I would go with that. I where- was, uh, I took a long time thinking about this one. Um, I was actually super proud of my idea. Um, I'm excited. It's, you know, what, what, do we, what does the N64 do really well? It does platformers where you jump over junk and it does multiplayer games. So I th- I would love a demake of a little game called Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Oh my um, god, good idea! Yeah, because wow. like one thing that I think is really missing from Fall Guys is sort of some local player mode. And so if this like when you think about the environments for Fall Guys, they almost look like Mario sixty four levels of just like colorful shapes floating in the air. Um, the characters are all super to an- simple to animate. Like I wouldn't need like a hundred characters on the- or forty guys on screen at a time. You wouldn't get them, but yeah, no, yeah. But, like maybe like ten smaller levels. You're bumping each other around. Yeah, I think um, you would have to narrow things down yeah. like, significantly. But this could be like a fun like party game experience. Yeah, I no, I mean those and are that's always what that's what N64 did better than anything. Exactly, that was always my. Uh, Favorite parts of the Mario Party games were any mini game where you try to knock other people off the level. So just a game where that was the complete setup. That is a brilliant idea. I really like that. I think that would be great. All right, let's move on to our rankings for these games because we actually have a couple of letters to go over as well. So much Thank stuff. Thank you, guys. So much content. Um, so every week we are ranking the games that we have just played. We have 274 games on this list right now. Soon Holy be fuck. 279. Uh, so uh, I'm going to start us off. I'm going to say uh, my lowest game was Top Gear Rally. Uh, oh, that's yeah. going at number 250, and that's only just above Penny Racers. Like, that's kind of... Yeah. My level of estimation for this. It's that's just that's slightly exa- I believe mine is exactly above Penny Racers as well. Oh, look at that. Perfect. So. 
Uh, next best one would be uh, Top Gear Overdrive. Uh, I think that's going to go 169. I'm putting that underneath the game Scars, okay. which was also a combat racer that, that just had more personality and kind yeah. of did what Overdrive was trying to do slightly better. Uh, Top Gear Rally 2, I'm putting that number 163. It's under Cruising USA. Again, I really respect a lot of what Top Gear Rally 2 did while still acknowledging that none of it was really for me. But, you know, it, it, it's probably, it's not my favorite on this list, but it's probably the highest quality one yeah. on this list. And then, yeah, like I said already, uh, Top Gear Hyperbike was my favorite. It's going to be number 137, and that's just under All-Star Tennis. Um, and that's just slightly below Excite Bike as well. So Nice. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, I'm actually pretty similar to you. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Top, the first Top Gear game was by far the worst. It, it's, it's on the very lower echelon of N64 games. It's very bad. It's pretty yeah, um, it's bad. Yeah. I'm putting it at number 263, which is behind the Batman game. Oof. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's in the crap. You don't want to be worse than Batman yeah. Beyond. You don't. Um, Overdrive, uh, was significantly better. I'm putting that in number 171, which is right above Wetrix. Okay. Um, and I act, I liked Top Gear Rally 2 quite a bit. I'm okay. in the same boat of not really for me, but it just seemed f- so fully featured and did everything we asked of it pretty well. Like the multiplayer felt pretty smooth. I was kind of curious to go through more of the modes. I'm putting it at number 102. Nice. Um, which is right behind, below Mario Golf. Okay. Um, and the Hyperbike game, I think, was about the same quality as Overdrive. Um and I'm putting that at number 180, okay. which is right below the game bottom of the ninth, which is a baseball game I don't even remember playing. I don't remember that so, one at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. All right. Well, we've got a couple of letters here. Uh, firstly, hey guys, is- what are your top three favorite things about bottom of the ninth baseball? <laughs> oh, damn it. Well, the balls, uh, yeah. I'm going to say, firstly. I enjoyed the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, hey, Woody, Steve, and possible guests. Uh, in your recent episode, you guys talked about weird Kirby games, but you didn't mention Kirby Tilt and Tumble for the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. My fondest memory of it was borrowing from it from my cousin and never returning it. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I didn't return it is not because it was a fun game. It's quite the opposite. It was so bad, I put it away and completely forgot about it, and years later found it and remembered it wasn't mine. The game itself is one of the most frustrating I can remember. It turns the Game Boy into the earliest and least effective version of the Wiimote, you roll okay. Kirby around by tilting your Game Boy, which also means that you are tilting your entire body because the Game Boy's viewing angles are not great. Nice. Hey, at least it's memorable. Yeah. I remember that vaguely. It's had like a gyroscopic sensor they, in there. They've done that actually quite a few. Like there's been a, I didn't realize they had one in the early Game Boy. Yeah, there's a WarioWare game that does that. It has a built-in gyroscope. There's a Yoshi one. Yeah, yeah. a Yoshi game. Um, that does sound awful Monkey on the Ball. original Game Boy. That sounds very unpleasant. It does, but. it does. Anyway, when you guys talked about Kirby and the Crystal Shards, I had a memories of asking for that game for my birthday slash Christmas several times, but I had never played it. Mm-hmm. I always made wish lists and things for grandparents, grandparents, etc. But for some reason, they always got other games and things on the list and never this game. I know that Steve obviously got all the N64 games in the end, but are there any games that you guys can remember wanting and never getting when you were younger? Love the podcast. Ooh. Can't wait to see what's next after the N64. And that is from Elliot. Elliot. We got a lot of yeah, Elliot fans. We do. This might good. even be the same Elliot. Oh, yeah, well, you, yeah. well, whoever you are, good on you, Elliot. Yeah, we, we you. like Elliot's. We Very do. pro Elliot's. Pro Elliot. Pro Elliot podcast. Um, yeah. So games that I asked for and never got. I actually do have an answer for this. Okay. Uh, Nineteen ninety four, ninety five. I really, really, and don't judge me for this. I really desperately wanted the game. Uh, 
Tasmania, Escape from sure. Space or something. It was like the I space it, one. Uh, it might oh, have just been oh, called Taz Escape from Mars. That's for it. the Taz, Sega Genesis. Taz Escape yep. from Mars. Yep. I desperately wanted that sure. game. Well, because Taz was a badass. Taz was the coolest thing in yeah. the world at that time. Yeah, like, like I was drawing big, him over. Uh, yeah, he had big basketball jerseys. Yeah. And, like he, he had like attitude. Sometimes he wore his pants backwards yeah. and he just crossed his arms in front of his chest like he doesn't give a single F. Yeah. And I believed he didn't give one, you know, and I wanted to be like him and Escape from Mars. <laughs> But no, I never did get that game, um, and I still don't think I've actually played it. Okay. And, but I've now played enough mediocre side-scroller platforms on the Genesis to get a pretty good idea yeah. of what that's like. Well, you've nailed it then. Nailed it. It's, nailed it's it. It's that. Yeah, that was one I really wanted for some reason, though. I don't know. I mean, it's a good-looking game. Like, yeah, oh, um, I'm sure. Yeah. Boy, I can't, basically, I can't really think of uh, many for me, except like there was a bunch of... Because I just... There was a bunch of... Uh, I basically got into a big like video game windfall many years ago where I just basically like got the inventory of a store of video games and just spent many hours sort of playing random junk. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of a time where I was like, oh, yeah, I had forgotten about this game and I had always kind of wanted to try it. And so pretty much 100% of those times the game was pretty disappointing. Yeah. But it was more of just like this realization that like, I don't know, you, you probably in your history like, most of the games you played probably are pretty good. Like, you probably didn't miss out on a bunch of gems. That's kind yeah. of my realization as someone who's played a lot of retro games is mostly the ones that we remember are the few good ones. You wouldn't, like, you wouldn't remember them if you had other games to play. Yeah. Yeah, one of those, yeah. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Sorry, I know that wasn't really the answer to the question, but yeah, that's good enough. No, I didn't really like, there's none that stuck in my grill as something I always wanted to try. No, that's all good. Um, all right, this next one starts at Steve, Woody, exclamation points on both of those. Yes. Uh, have you heard of the Mendoza line? Have you heard of the Mendoza line? No. Okay, I looked this up. It's a baseball term used to represent the minimum competency, so to speak. And uh, this is me talking a little bit of background. Uh, Mario Mendoza, he was a shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 70s, and he had a batting average of 215. Generally speaking, a 200 batting average is about as low as you can go while still qualifying for a position in a major league. Okay. And he skirted that line so close for so many years that it eventually became synonymous for like the baseline level of competence someone needs to have while okay. still being able to do their job. Nice. I like that. That's a good term. Um, so he asks, what games on your list fall on the Mendoza line? Also, mm. several weeks back, Woody recommended The Race for Space, and it is awesome. I've listened to oh, it a good. few times over already. Steve, if you haven't listened to it yet, you need to. Keep up the good work, everyone. I'm bummed the show will be coming to an end, and that is from Chris in Arizona. Thanks, Chris. That, that was a many episodes ago. I that remember. Was quite a, yeah, I yeah. had to look up what it's that was. It's a great album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check out Re-Rec. That is a great album, but yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the game that falls in the Mendoza line, luckily we have like rankings that we can kind of look at. As, like, that's the, true. In theory, like there should be like a definitive like spot on the list that is that Mendoza line and I anything mean, under that. I feel uh, like we've kind of been using the Tarzan game yes. as that. That, I believe uh, that is the correct answer. I'm, 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 I'm but I don't know over. if the Tarzan game is above or below that line. That's. I think I, it's just above. Okay. I think it's just above. I think it yeah. is Mendoza, and then okay. I think yeah. So I, I think that would be the answer for both of us because yeah, we've we kind of put that one forward for a while as like this is the kind of most boring, most bland level of game that I would still be willing to play. Yeah. Like after this, it's just like I'm not. I don't. I'm not invested in spending time with it. Yeah, it's a game that sort of doesn't have enough glaring weaknesses for you to just be like, I'm not bothering with this anymore, but it also has no 
strengths yeah. to make you excited about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so check the list. Anything under the Tarzan game, yeah. not so good. And we do have the whole list over on Ultra64Podcast.com. Yeah, Just Steve to... spends, like, way too much time having to update that list. Way too. <laughs> so, uh, that like... list is easy to update. It's oh, my good. spreadsheet that's difficult to oh, update. Oh, good. But... So I'm just saying, look at it and make him feel like he's spending his time worthwhile. Come on, validate yeah. me, people. Validate me. Uh, all right, that is it for the Top Gear episode. Thank you so much to everybody for listening. We are Ultra 64 Podcasts on all the different social media feeds. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash ultra 64 pod. Drop the cast on that. You know, just just drop the cast. Uh, next week is going to be our Halloween week, oh, so we got to play a spooky game, and that means we are playing the game Shadow Man, uh, a game I'm excited to revisit. I think I've played this once. Shadow Man the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he, well, he probably does have a big gun, but it's not going to look as like incongruous in that game as it does in Shadow the Hedgehog. Anyway, uh, tune in next week for Spooky Spooky Shadow Man, and uh, we're going to talk about that then. In the meantime, um, oh, fuck, I got stuck in the door trying to get out. <laughs> uh, oh, we got to restart the podcast. All man. right, Top Gear Rally <laughs> came out. In, oh, fuck. Yeah.